All righty, guys, this is Jim Collins with another episode of Just a Hot Topic. <laughs> I talked to y'all guys yesterday. We had a really good live stream last night and figured uh, I would do it again tonight. Um, we have a lot of engagements, ton of comments. A lot of guys shared their opinions about the topic that we were talking about last night, which I think was a great topic. Tonight, we have another great topic. Um, this topic tonight is something that uh, is something that's not really talked about, but everybody knows about it. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe after the night, after this discussion tonight and after the feedback tonight, we'll have an opportunity or you'll have an opportunity to gauge and see which side of the spectrum you fall on. So tonight's topic is breeders versus novice. Now, I said maters, but, you know, uh, that's not a term used in fowl. You know, mate, just mating is, is, is used in other animals. Uh, I guess mammals, you will call them, not fowl. So I'd say tonight's topic will be breeders versus novice. And we're going to be talking about tonight what distinguish one from the other. And then uh, I guess you can see what kind of category that you fall in. But it's a couple things that, um, you know, to me, that definitely separate one for the other. But, you know, we'll let the comment section do a lot of the speaking tonight. I'll share some things uh, tonight, you know, um, of what I would consider uh, a breeder versus a novice. Um, what's up, brother? What's up, uh, Red? We got Joe checking in. We got Red checking in. Appreciate y'all guys. We ain't going to probably have many people on tonight, but hey, you know, just still want to do this discussion. It seemed like y'all guys like the one that, uh, you know, when we do do them, it seemed like y'all guys enjoy them. I enjoy them because we get a lot of uh, 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 engagement in the comment section. You know, everybody gets to share their opinions, uh, get to see other people's perspective in the opinion section as well. So I think it's a great opportunity for each one to each one. So tonight, like I said, if you just chimed in, we're going to be talking about the topic tonight is going to be breeders versus novice. Um, and what, and again, y'all guys use the comment section of what to define what you consider a, a breeder versus a novice. Um, I say, what's up, Jess? What's up, Robert? Well, I guess, yeah, like I say, fill the, uh, fill the comment section up with whatever your opinions are, whatever your perspectives are, whatever your definitions are. Just feel free because we're all here to learn from each other. I'm just starting a topic. So um, let's talk about, let's first, I guess, kind of define the novice. Right. Let's first define the novice. The beginner. But you know what? That's kind of I don't even know if that's the term, to be honest. I don't even know if novice is the term. And the reason why I say I don't know if novice is the term, because. It's guys that been in a sport for many, many years. And are still not breeders. Right. So I guess we will call it, I don't even know if you even call it a novice breeder. But let's just say a novice breeder. 
And the reason why I say let's call it a novice breeder, this way we can distinguish from just somebody who's just a feeder, somebody who's just a competitor. You know, those two guys have no interest in breeding anything. They just want to feed or compete one or the other. We're talking about the guys as far as a novice breeder is the individual that goes out, buys a trio, those two, two or more uh, 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 birds in a pen, in a breeding pen, and let them breed and then just see what happens. Um, and then you got what I consider a breeder. I don't use the word master, which I guess you can, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Uh, but then we use the term breeder, you know, we'll classify him as well. So let me know in the comments section, you know, what you consider a novice, what you consider a breeder. You know, I'll talk in detail about what I think the differences are, what separates a breeder from a novice breeder. You know, and a novice breeder could be just a beginner or he can be just a guy who goes out and buy a trio, throw him in a brood pen, and then, then see what happens. And then we can talk about the results. We can talk about their programs or the lack of a program or the beginning of a program, whichever way you want to word it. So let's get into it, guys. I see a lot of guys are checking in. Let's let a few more people get on here. Um, JCR, what's up, brother? That's right. Gorilla Squad in the house. Jose. I see everybody's checking in. Like I say, this is a uh, don't be shy. You know, fill a comment section up with what you think is uh, your opinion on um, your definition of what's a breeder and then what's a novice breeder. And obviously don't say, oh, a novice breeder is somebody just starting out. Well, we know that. We know that part. But let's talk about what things a novice breeder do or don't do and what a breeder does do and don't do. Well, I ain't going to say don't do, but do. Well, actually don't do as well because there's some stuff that he probably used to do that as he became more experienced, he stopped doing. So, guys, let's get into it. Would y'all like to start off? Let's start off with, with the novice, right? The novice breeder. You know, I'm, I'm going to share my opinion on a novice breeder or, or my description, definition of what a novice breeder is. A novice breeder to me is a guy who's definitely interested in fowl. We already know that. Uh, he searches out for some of the best blood that he can buy or what he can afford um, at that time. And he does that because he wants to produce his own fowl, right? Unlike the feeder, the feeder has no interest in buying a trio and breeding anything a straight competitor i'm not talking about a one-man band that does everything i'm talking about them guys who's just a competitor all they do is come pick up stags finish them out and compete with them i'm talking about those guys what's up macmillan we got miguel we got travis everybody's checking in so listen guys if you just checked in what we're going to be discussing tonight is the breeder versus the novice breeder. Um, we're going to be defining or sharing. Everybody's going to be sharing what their definition is of breeder and novice breeder. And then we're also going to be sharing or discussing um, what things a breeder do and don't do and what things a novice do and don't do as far as their programs and stuff like that, what their capabilities are. And that right there is going to be able to define what separates them one from the other. Sanchez, Robert. Oh, what's up, Fred? 
No, Fred, you ain't no big dummy. What you talking about, brother? Join the club. The vast majority of, of, of breeders are, are just working men. You know, very few people in this sport uh, uh, are lucky enough to do this full time. So, yeah, you got a whole bunch of one man bands out there, uh, Fred. So believe me, you're not alone. <laughs> hey, if y'all guys just chiming in, man, I don't, keep, I don't mean to keep being repetitive, but we got a lot of guys just starting to check on in right quick. And um, like I said, our topic tonight, uh, our topic tonight is breeder versus novice breeder. So, guys, let's get into it. And, again, don't use – don't be shy in that comment section because last night we had a ton of comments. And um, and I think, again, the comment section is a great opportunity for each one teach one because, you know, ain't no, nobody has all the answers. Um, I think it's a great thing when everybody gets to share their perspectives. I think it was Tyler or one of the guys uh, today said he liked the live streams with all the comments in the comment section because it's like we all sit around a table discussing um, so it's almost like a round table. So I'm just here starting the topic in a conversation. I'm not here with all the answers. I can promise you that. I'm definitely not here with the man with all the answers. So let's uh let's uh let's talk about it. So we got Robert. Robert said uh um all right. Yeah, Zach, we got more hats coming in, brother. I got some camo hats coming in. Sanchez, Texas one-man band. Guys, just listen also, too, like we did last night. I will be posting. I will be uh, highlighting some of the comments in the comment section. So, again, don't be shy. Share your opinions in the comment section and see if I can get it up on the screen. So, again, we can continue the discussion. Last night, I think the live stream last night was almost probably two hours. And it started out with something simple. But everybody just kept engaging 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 it just kept going on and on and on it might have been yeah almost two hours last night so all right what we got here so robert says let's see what robert says so robert says what about the reason he breathes to sell or compete now robert explain to us uh what you mean by that what about the reason he breathes to sell or compete i'm not 100 sure i understand that um I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure I understand that. What about the reason he breeds to compete, to sell or compete? I don't know. Robert, continue in the, in the, in the comments, man, so you can explain that to me if you can. This way we can highlight it again. Jesse, from what I've seen on Facebook, most... Uh, okay. So check this out. What's up, Donnie? All right. Uh, I Obviously, guys, you know I'm not going to be able to get every comment on the screen because y'all guys had comments coming in last night faster than I can read them. So <laughs> I try to get some on the screen as we go along. But, Donnie, what we're talking about tonight is what separates it. What's the definition of a breeder versus a novice breeder? What they do different? What's the do's and don'ts on, on both sides of the line? So, guys... Uh, if y'all want, I can share my opinion, but I think uh, y'all guys been doing. Oh, okay. So Robert was saying basically. Well, I don't know, Robert. Robert's saying, I, I guess Robert is saying that uh, I guess one of the things could define if he does he sell his birds or he compete with them. Well, I think um, there's a lot of breeders out there that sell and compete with what they have. So 
there's a lot of breeders out there that sell and compete with what they have. Then there's also breeders out there that just sell. And then there's big breeders out there that have teams of people all over the world that they said, well, I ain't going to say sell. They don't sell to them, but they have teams of people all over that, 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 you know, in obviously legal places that they fine tune and, and they, they, they check what the brew pen is producing. Okay. All right, so let's see what Nick has to say. So Nick says a novice, novice to me is a guy that goes out and buy a really high trio and don't really know anything about them and sell for high dollar. Well, you know that that can be a novice breeder. Now, guys, let's 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 look at it from this standpoint, and maybe it will be easier to define. Uh forget let's forget about the selling aspect. Let's just say hypothetically. Either one of them doesn't sell because the skill set has nothing to do with selling. The skill set has nothing to do with selling. The, the, the skill set that a breeder possess and that a novice don't possess has nothing to do with selling. It has everything to do with creation, creating something, maintaining something, improving something. None of those skill sets have anything to do with selling. So, I don't know if the definition of a breeder that's selling has to be attached to the definition of a breeder because there are breeders who don't sell. So we attach the sell. That's why I say let's take the selling aspect out of it because all breeders do not sell. Some breeders sell. Some breeders don't sell. Some breeders sell and compete with what they breed. So there, there's, there's, there's a variety. There's three versions of a breeder. So that's what I'm saying. The, the selling aspect doesn't have anything to do with anything. Um, what's up, Kane? Kane checking in. Sergio checking in. Um, and guys, like I say, you know, we got a lot of comment sections, uh, a lot of comments coming in, and I'm going to keep trying to, uh, I'm going to keep trying to highlight these comments because that that keeps the discussion going on. Now, just remember, I cannot bring all the comments up. Y'all guys had them comments coming in last night faster than I can even read them. Um, so let me, let me, uh, and I want y'all guys to chime in. Let me share, you know, what I think, um, my opinion, my perspective. And I'm, like I said, I'm going to get y'all guys uh, 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 opinions and perspectives and definitions on the screen as well. When I look at a novice breeder, right, to me it's very simple. The guy who's just starting out, we know that. That's what the word novice is for, right? But as far as as a breeder, this is an individual, and he can be in a sport for 10 years. That's the thing about it. It's not somebody who just got into a sport. You could be a novice breeder and, 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 and be in a sport 20 years because in 20 years you may not really even bred anything. So, so it's not just on a timeline. It's when I say novice, I'm talking about a knowledge or skill set. I'm not saying in time because you can spend your first 10 years in a sport just being a competitor. You can spend your first 10 years in a sport just being a feeder and then decide you want to start being a breeder. So you are still a novice, even though you've been in a sport, you know, a decade. So 
Um, what I consider a novice is somebody that got very little to no understanding of breeding when it comes to genetics, when it comes to selection, when it comes to understanding what characteristics comes from which, you know, if it comes from the pull, I mean, if it comes from the hen or if it comes from the cock, that's why, that's what I call a novice. A breeder has, and I don't mean like on a technical sense, like a scientific out the book sense. No, there's great breeders out there that don't have any, what I would call book sense when it comes to breeding, like the scientific aspect of it. And they still produce great birds, right? So a novice, again, doesn't understand, you know, what characteristics come from which bird. He don't really understand selection. And what I mean by that is when you come to selection, you have to understand what characteristics come from which bird. Um, then uh, you look at his ability to create something or at least maintain what he already has. Now, I say that because, and a lot of times it's very easy to, to, to pick out or identify a novice breeder. And like I say, has no difference how long he's been in the sport. This individual can get, say, a trio or breeding pair, right? Bring them to his yard. You go to that yard in four years or, say, Three years? I, I say four. I say four. Because let's say two years, everything is cocking out at two years old. So let's say four. Because that gives him two, two solid breeding seasons to everything cocking out, right? So you can go to his yard four years after he bought that trio or that, or that breeding pair, and you really can't even identify what those birds were. You really cannot identify what those birds were. I go in, you know, I have seen where guys have bought excellent broodstock and you go to their yard and the birds look nothing like they should have came out of that broodstock. Nothing like they should have came out that broodstock. Now, if you took a DNA test, they'll have matching DNA. But what they lack is selection. Like, they don't know how to select because they don't know what characteristics come from what. They don't know what produces what. Like, they don't have the slightest idea. They don't know how to make something taller. They don't know how to make something shorter. They don't know all of that. So when you go there, the birds don't look nothing like the Like, if he show you the trio, the birds that he got that's four years old and stuff like that, or, 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 or that he's breeding that third season, that he bred that third season, they look nothing like that trio that he purchased. So that's what I consider a novice breeder. That's one of the things. One of the other things I see with a lot of novice breeders is they don't keep records. They don't keep records. You know, that's, you see that with big breeders, you see them keeping records. Novice breeders, you don't see them keeping records. All their records is in their brain. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But when you breed in a certain amount of animals over a certain amount of years, you're going to need more than your brain. You're going to need some paperwork. <laughs> you're going to need some paperwork. Not saying you can't remember. Not saying you can't remember. 
But eventually you're going to need some paperwork. So that, you know, that, that that's, again, another one of the things that the novice breeder doesn't do. He doesn't, again, let's go over it. He doesn't know how to select. He just buy birds, throw them in a pen. Whatever comes out, comes out. He can't reproduce what he bought. He can't even maintain what he bought. And he definitely can improve upon what he bought. That's a novice breeder. Now, let's talk about, and hold on, before we even switch over, because there's a lot of great comments coming in, let's, let's scroll through some of these comments right quick. Let's scroll through some of these comments. Because you got a lot of great comments. Okay. Yes, yeah, Sergio, that's right, but that's not really the topic today. Sergio was saying, this is not really the topic. So Sergio was saying, um, I think if you want to buy a show bird, you need to buy from someone who shows bird. Yeah, that, that's it, but that's not really the topic today. We're, we're discussing what separates a novice breeder from a breeder. So Drake, Drake is saying, let's see what Drake talking about. So Drake said a breeder can set a line and keep them how they want them. A novice is someone with birds that they just cross and hope to get out some of that's exactly right. And guys, I want y'all to know Drake is only about, I think, Drake, what are you, 15 years old, 16 years old? And look at the understanding that this young man has already. I think he's only 15, 15 years old. Look at his comment. Look at the understanding that this 15-year-old boy has. Drake said a breeder can set a line, keep them how they want them. A novice is somebody with birds that they just cross and hope to get some good ones in his opinion. And that's a very great opinion coming from a young man. Let's see what Donnie's saying. Donnie French. Donnie said, uh, I think most of the time the master gets better than average foul 80 to 90% of the time. A master, uh, a master's foul improve every year. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I agree when a good breeder gets better than average birds over half the time. I agree with that. I don't know if it's 80 or 90%. It probably it could be. I'm not saying it's not. But I know it's definitely over 50%. They're not just getting, like, half of their birds are just not average. And the other ones, you know what I mean? Like, majority of their birds is going to be above average. Majority of them. Especially if it's something that they've been bringing for a long period of time. Stephen said, I think a great breeder comes naturally. It's hard to teach. Well, you know, I, I think, Steve, Stephen, with that, you know, that's something that has been talked about many, many years and decades, probably. You know, uh, some guys say that uh, uh, becoming a, a breeder is is you born with it. Some guys say, no, it can be taught. My opinion, I don't see why you, it, it can't be taught. I don't see why it can't be taught. You know, I, I really don't. I really don't. I'm not saying breeding is simple at all, but I don't think it's that complicated that you have to be born with a natural ability to do it. Maybe some guys are better than others. I will agree with that. But I don't, I don't personally feel you have to be born with a natural ability to become a good breeder. Yep. So that, that's just what I'm saying. So what's up, Jeff Harris? What Jeff talking about over here? Jeff said, to me, a novice breeder's 
when you walk on their yard, looks like a petting zoo, going to breed that one, bread that going to take it. That's right. That's right. Jeff, what, what Jeff is saying is something I talked about yesterday. What Jeff is saying is what I, what, what I talked about yesterday and actually what I just talked about earlier today. I mean, earlier in the conversation of you can go to their yard like three or four years later and the birds look nothing like that trio that he brought. You know what I mean? Like you can't even identify what those, where those birds came from. That's how far off they be. So I agree with you, Jeff. That's I kind of feel the same way. About the world beaters, well, that's just a part of <laughs> coming in with testosterone. I'm reading these, read these comments. All right, Daniel Rodriguez said, now let's see if I can even put this whole thing on here. Yeah. Daniel Rodriguez said, everybody can breed just for breed, but if you want to be a breeder on all of extensions of the word breeding, breeder, it's going to take a lot of years, a lot of mistakes, a lot of disappointment. But if you persist and study and you will be very weasel, I guess, also be realistic. That's what doesn't work, doesn't work. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, uh, uh, Daniel. That's a very good point as well. Yeah, that's a very good point as well. Again, it goes back to trial and error. The only way you're going to know if a breeding work, you have to do it. I see so many guys. There's so many great breedings that never happen because somebody talked them at it trying. That's the thing about it. Or they talk themselves at it even trying. So, um, Jesse said, a novice breeder. Let me read. I'm going to read these comments first before I post them up here, okay? A novice breeder, uh, to me, just be getting game foul and don't know a lot because, as an old-timer say, they're greenhorn. A breeder has experience and had good and bad with breeding and learns from it. Yes, over time. Yeah, Jess, that, that's exactly what Jess is saying what, what the other ones just said. You know, it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of the same thing. I think we kind of all agree. I think we kind of all agree on, on what, you know, uh, let's see what we got here. Yes. All right. So Mac, uh, Miguel Rivera McMillan said important. Uh, 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 the important true breeders are those who are able to create families, develop those bloodlines and preserve the Castora, which is in Spanish, is a breeder. The other breeders or novice, I, I guess you would say, are the ones that are just looking for for uh, quantity over quality. Yeah. That's what uh, Miguel is saying. So important. Yeah. So he's basically saying the same identical thing. So true breeders are those that can create families, develop those bloodlines and preserve them. Again, like we talked about, create, improve and maintain or create, maintain and improve. However, three you want to put them in. That is the order. That's the capability of a true breeder. Um, he can create, you know, he can change the size. He can change the build. He can change the phenotype of it. You know what I mean? He can change the characteristics. A novice can't do that because a novice don't really even know how to select. And you can't get that. You can't create anything just by going to buy something. Because that'll work one breeding season or maybe even two. By the third breeding season, it's canceled. It's over with. By the, by the third breeding season, you're not going to be able to hide the fact 
that you cannot select or that you can select. You ain't going to be able to hide that fact. By the third breeding season, individuals be, it will be able to identify if you can select or if you can't select by the third breeding season. Yep. By the third breeding season, that should be enough time to identify if you're moving in the right direction. And depending on which direction you're moving in will determine your skill set as a breeder. Yep, Jimmy, Jimmy Holland said that uh, an experienced breeder can change the look of a fowl too. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I just said. Right. A novice can't because changing the look of a fowl comes from the experience of selection. So if you don't know how to select, like if you don't know how to make your roosters, your stags taller, if you don't know if the height come from the hen or the rooster, see, a breeder knows that. A breeder knows what he got to do to get them taller. A novice doesn't know that. <laughs> hey, Raylan says, sir, you are making enemies. Rayley, why you say that, Mr. Roberts? Why you say that, brother? We ain't making no enemies around here. We are sharing. We are each one teach one. You see that comment section? That comment section is filled with all these different perspectives from guys from many different levels and accomplishments, uh, and they're all sharing their experience in that, in that comment section. And you're right. That probably is making some enemies because these guys and many of these guys, and maybe you know someone personally, maybe you don't, many of them I do know personally, their personal accomplishments are astonishing. So I'm so actually glad that they're actually taking the time to post comments in the comment section to share their knowledge. Because again, if you knew them personally, a lot of the guys that's commented in the next section, all of them had some huge accomplishments in their own right. All of them are great in their own right. So I really appreciate that, guys, for y'all guys chiming in and sharing what y'all, you know, sharing your opinions because it's all about each one, teach one. We can all learn from each other. And I'm just here starting the topic. Bobby Rogers, all right, there are breeders that then there are what I call maintainers. And a maintainer is just that they perpetrate what the previous breeder made, be a Walter Kelso and create a bloodline. Bobby, you are exactly, that. that is so true. And let me give y'all guys analogies. Y'all guys know I love analogies. So let me give y'all guys analogies of what Bobby just said. This is something my uncle taught me. He said, with mechanics, you have part changers and then you got mechanics. Mechanics and part changers are two different things. A part changer cannot diagnose anything, but he can change any part on your car. He can change your alternator, your starter, your water pump, your fuel pump. You know, he can change, you know, your fuel injection, your plugs, your valve cover. He can change all that stuff, right? But if you have a problem with your car, he cannot diagnose it. Like, he doesn't know what's wrong with it. You have to tell him what's wrong with it, and then he'll go to the store, and he'll get the part, and he'll change the part. A mechanic is one that can diagnose the problem. Not only can he change the part, but he can diagnose the problem. And that's the same thing in game foul. The novice is like a parts changer. Tell him what to do, and he can do it. He'll put in the work. He, you know, he can make sure they have good feed, clean water, good setup. You know, good care, all that. They're healthy. That's what a novice is. He can do all that part. But he can't create anything. 
Like, he cannot diagnose why his roosters are coming short. Or if he got ones that got really, really big breasts and he wants to change the phenotype on them. He doesn't know how to do that. You see what I'm saying? So only thing he can do is just continue on what he has already purchased. And hopefully he can gain the knowledge from the individual that he purchased from and continue, you know, breeding how that breeder tell him to breed. He's not creating anything. He's just following instructions. A breeder, like Bobby just said, is the ones like Walter Kelso that created a bloodline. I tell you another individual um, that I know personally that's in the comment is Miguel, uh, Miguel Rivera with the Macmillans and the Warlords. He created that. When I see those videos from way back in the 80s and see the birds now, see what he trans, what he started with and what he created from that, that's that that is that is that is the result of becoming a breeder. Many, many decades, you know, decades of trying different things, trial and error, trying this, trying that, and not being afraid to experiment, not being afraid to go back to the drawing board and say, hey, that didn't work, right? So what Bobby just said is exactly right. A novice is the one that's just pretty much going to follow instructions. He don't have the capability to create anything based on his skill level at that time. Obviously, he can learn and get better and get to a point where he can develop and become a breeder because all breeders used to be novice. Nobody came out the womb with common sense on breeding because I know we like to use that term a lot, right? So that's what, uh, so, so Bobby, you're exactly right. Um, hold on guys. And, and guys, keep these comments coming in because the great thing about this whole deal is when this is over, individuals can go back through the comment section and still read them. So please don't hold back on a comment, share them. I'm not going to be able to get to all of them because y'all guys got these comments coming in faster than I can read them. Uh, Jesse said a true breeder. Okay, let's see here. Let's put up Jesse. Jesse said a true breeder should be able to maintain the bloodline. As good as possible. Novice can't because they have no experience and it turns into crap. Exactly. In about three breeding seasons, is going to be some trash. I'm telling you. I have seen people take a quality trio and three breeding seasons, and they produce nothing but trash. Nothing but trash. Below average birds. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, okay, guys, y'all got these comments rolling in. Rolling in. And, guys, keep the comments coming because, like I say, uh, you know, uh, the, the comment section is, 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 is our opportunity for each one teach one. Yep. Yep, that's right. That's right. Okay, what Philip talking about here? And I'm just going to be reading these comments, guys. So don't 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 slow down on the comment. Just keep on commenting. I'm just reading the comments as, as we go through because there's just so many of them. Um, yes. Yeah, that's that's right, Philip. No, that's right. I think Philip, like I said, that's I think we that that's exactly what we've been talking about. That's exactly what we've been talking about. And 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 guys, that is the reason why you hear the term, and I say it a lot. You can't buy success. 
you know, you may be able to buy a show, but you can't really buy long-term success. You just can't. And and and, and guys are like, oh, well, <coughs> guys think that money matters. And that's something that, that could be debated to the sun go down. You know, you say, when they say about money, when it comes to breeders and, and the money, oh, they got, you know, they got money so they can get the best blood. You know, they got money so they win shows. They got money. So, you know, and, and, and I'm telling you, that's so further from the, I ain't going to say it's further from the truth, but based on my experience, that's not always true. I know individuals that got money that haven't won a derby in about 10 years. It, it's amazing. Has, hasn't won a derby in about 10 years. I know some individuals that got money, and I know they ain't won a derby in the last, you know, they just, is it, that, I have many examples. My whole point is this. I know many examples of individuals with money that ain't doing no winning. And they are buying some of the best blood the market has, in their opinion. You know, because here we go. That guy's chiming in. Well, how you know it's the best? What you call the best? And da 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 da, -da. We're not going to get into that. It's a whole other topic. But these guys are not out here buying birds on a budget. You know, they're buying birds out of other people's brood pen. And they still are not winning. So that's why I know I'm talking about from experience, not what somebody told me or no old war stories from nachos being ate at the Bayou Club and Copper State and all that. I'm talking about from my experience, real life experience. I know individuals with money ain't won no derby in a long, ain't won nothing in a long time. That's just the reality of it. They haven't. So it's hard to convince somebody like me that money plays. A, and I'm not saying that money doesn't help. But at the end of the day, if you don't have the other things that you need to go along with the money, the money's irrelevant. If you don't even know what you're buying, the money's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Um, yeah. Yeah. Man, y'all guys got these comments rolling in. Y'all guys got these comments rolling in. Hold on now. <laughs> Let me put this up. Jared, and this is kind of off topic, but but Jared, Jared. <laughs> this is actually is not even off topic. It fits the topic well. Because this is one thing that a novice don't do that a breeder does is put up a fence and get a dog. <laughs> that is one of the things that I totally overlook that separates a breeder from a novice breeder. A breeder is going to have his lot protected. A novice is just going to have whatever he can buy, just put up. He's going to throw the, throw the trio and whatever he can get. You go to a novice yard, they got more chickens than they got pens. You know, they overload it. You know, you don't know what's what because everything look crazy. Um, but, yeah, no, Jared, that's a very good point, man. That is a very good point. Yep, a breeder is going to have a fence and a dog. A novice, he's just going to have a yard. <laughs> that's about right. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. What's up, Juan? What's up? Yeah, Robert. No, Robert. Uh, 
That's right. A true breeder can maintain a family of five for a long time and keep them competitive. You know, let me put this this up what Robert was saying, which is which is which is again. I know it may sound competitive, but I think it's great that it's coming from multiple different people that have had experience because we need to really drill home the things that separate a novice breeder from a breeder. And uh, and what 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 uh, Robert is saying, a true breeder can maintain a family of fowl for a long time and keep them competitive. Where I know breeders a lot of breeders that get a good family of fowl and set the world on fire. Then five to seven years later, you can't find them with the certain. Hey, you got that so right. That right there. And it's, it's still on topic. But I actually think that's even another topic because. Uh, that can be a start of another topic because what Robert said is, is exactly right. What well, we all been, you know, what many guys have been saying in the comment section, you know, like I say, give it a couple seasons and it's going to tell you right there what they skill set is. That's it. And then that's basically what Robert is saying. They go out there, boom, they run it. Bang. You know, they, 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 they just running through everything five to seven years. Sometimes I don't even think they last seven years. I think five be the most. They'll be lucky if they last seven. But a lot of times, five years, right? And then you never. And then the thing about it is, not only do you you won't see them, you won't ever see them again. That's the crazy part about it. You know, that's the crazy part about it. Like, there's guys that done well, and the only thing you hear from them now is old stories. Just think about that. Just think about that. Isn't that actually, and I correct me if I'm wrong, there's enough guys in this comment section that goes back in the American foul long enough to know, but isn't that what happened with Bobby Bowles? Didn't Bobby Bowles have a, a good run with those ACL crosses? And then after that, it was done? Or did he pass away? Or did he pass away before the rain was over? But I know is another older guy that somebody was talking to me about that was saying the same identical thing. I personally know some. I personally know some. And it'd be a long, they got a long road to recovery. That's what I say. So guys, correct me if I'm wrong on that. It is a ton of comments. Guys, keep them comments coming. Appreciate that, Darcy. Yeah, guys, share this. Share this to your guys' page. Share it to the comp, you know, not only just to your page, but share the messages. Send it to your friends, you know what I mean? So we can go ahead and, and get more people involved and get more people engaged. But Darcy, I greatly appreciate you sharing it. But like I say, guys, share it. Because it's all about the, these topics and these live streams. It's like a roundtable. Like, I think it was Tyler, one of the guys, say, or JT, was saying that, you know, these live streams is like a roundtable. We all just sitting around discussion, discussing, you know, and I think the more people we have, I mean, the more opportunity we have for each one, teach one. So, yeah. And I'm just reading the comments right now. So I can put some up. Yes. Let's talk about what, what Donnie French is saying right here. One of the hardest things to teach or to learn is to have an eye for good foul. Most people lie to themselves about how good foul actually are. You know what, Donnie? I agree with you. Let me just rephrase it in, in a way I look at it. I think the hardest thing to do is to teach somebody to stop lying to themselves. 
I think that actually is harder than teaching them how to identify good foul. Trying to get people to stop lying to themselves, to me, is like the hardest thing. <laughs> it's like one of the hardest things. I think the fact that a lot of individuals, um, you know, and I think we, listen, we all human. We all human. And we all suffer from some of that. We all do a little storytelling to ourselves. <laughs> let's 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 be for real, guys. Let's let's be honest. Let's be honest with ourselves. We all human. You ain't got to hold back. There's no shaming. You know, there's no shaming at all. But we all, all of us, all of us. <laughs> Donnie, I appreciate you bringing that up, brother. But I think we all, because it, it, when Donnie commented, Donnie was like, one of the hardest things to teach or to learn is, is, is to have a, a eye for good foul. Most people lie to themselves about how good they foul actually are. <laughs> and Donnie is so right. I'm just talking about the, <laughs> the end of that comment, the end of that pose. He's so right. Because I think we all... <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, Lord. <laughs> the reason why I'm laughing, <laughs> the reason why I'm laughing, because I'm guilty of it as well. That's what I'm saying. I'm laughing at myself. I'm laughing at myself. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just going to let you know. I'm the, you ain't got to laugh. You, if you want to laugh at me, get in line because I'm a laugh. I'll be the first person to laugh at myself. But I think all of us do a lot of storytelling to ourselves. You know, I think I think that what Donnie just said, I think we can all apply that to ourselves at one time or another. And I believe as you get more experience, uh, your stories get shorter and you tell fewer of them. <laughs> That's the only difference. A novice is telling novels <laughs> a novice is telling himself novels an experienced breeder is telling himself short stories <laughs> that's the best analogy i can come up with that's the best analogy i can come up with um yeah let me let me just read some of the comments alfaro farms you're right man we all fall in love with our work Afar was saying that that we all fall in love with our work, good or bad. And that's true. That's definitely true. That's that's true without a doubt, man. That that's that's definitely true. <laughs> I think it's so comical. Now let me just read some of these comments so I can get some up on the screen. The man can see someone. Okay, let's put Colts up here. Let's see what he's talking about. Colts said a man can see someone win with a family of foul and think because he gets a hen and a rooster from that same breed that they are just awesome birds. When really it comes down to selection, look for attitude station and more. I ain't going to put that part in there, but can ruin a good family, a novice. I'll put replace his word with novice. A novice can ruin a good family. A good breeder can better a mediocre family. Colt, that's a very good, uh, that's a very good perspective on it. That's a very good perspective on it. And, and that is so true. 
I mean, that is so true. You know, Colt said, you know, and I'm, I'm going to read the comment again because it's, it's a very good comment. It's a very, very good comment. Colt said, a man can see someone win with the family of foul and think because he gets a hen and a rooster from that same breed that they're going to be just awesome birds. That's exactly right. See, that first sentence in Colt comment is basically the definition of trends. That first sentence in Colt's comment is the definition of trends, is how trends start. People see this individual, group, team, whatever, win a big show in fashion, and all of a sudden, everybody trying to do the same identical thing. And it does not only happen in foul. It happens in every sporting animal. It happens in every sporting animal. But that first sentence right there is like, you know, the whole comment is a great comment. But that first sentence right there is how trends start and how the market get flooded with trash. Right? So what he's saying in his comment is really, really deep and it's exactly right. The first part talks about basically is the definition of how trends start and also how the market get filled with trash because guys don't understand. You don't know the behind the scenes stuff of what it took for that guy to win that show. And we all know all birds, even hatchmates, do not produce the same. You see what I'm saying? So even if you went and got that Cox brother, it does not mean he's going to produce the same. We all can agree on that. So what Colt said is exactly right, but that's how trends get started on that end. And then with the trend, the other trends get started to continue to fill the market with trash is when they found out when they find out that a particular group team or whatever win a big show with a certain cross. Now all of a sudden, everybody wants to do that same cross. The same individuals that just told you that even hatchmates don't produce the same, all of a sudden think that they can do the same cross that that guy has done and produce the same. Think about that. Think about what I just said. Colt, thank you for your comment, brother. Think about, think about what I just said. You know, guys think like Colt said in his comment, see somebody do very good with a family. Now, all of a sudden, you go out there and buy a breeding pair. You start breeding them, and you think you're going to get the same result. It doesn't work out that, that way. You may, but you may not. And if you get it the first time, the challenge is going to be how long can you keep it like that? That's number one. The second thing is, is when people deal with these crosses. They, the same individual that, again, that tells you that every bird doesn't produce the same, will see somebody out there win with the cross and all of a sudden try to do that same cross. And he expect the same results of the guy that he's seen. They're not even the same birds. You actually think that all Kelsos and all Hatches and all this and all that are the same? You think all these families are the same? Their own brothers are not the same. Their own sisters are not the same. 
Yep. Yeah, Colt, man. I greatly appreciate that, man. Okay. All right. I'm, and again, I'm just reading. I'm just reading comments. There's so many comments coming in. And, and I have a little delay on my end. So when y'all type the comment in, I don't see it immediately. It takes a little bit for it to get <clears throat> to get to me. Alfonso, that that's a good. Okay, let's pull up Alfonso. Now, Alfonso, this is a a good uh a good again. I asked y'all guys yesterday to post in the comments what y'all wanted to talk about. Alfonso, you did not post that. If you'd have posted that, we probably would have been talking about that tonight because this is a topic that we're talking about tonight is just something I came up with. So probably next, uh, actually the next um, um, topic, we can talk about that. But we actually probably kind of covered it. So let's read what Alfonso said. Alfonso said we should talk about how you get some fowl from a certain breeder and do great with them. Then others who are in the, your area go and buy from that breeder, even though you have been breeding them straight and not messing up the bloodline, but they won't. No, no, no. I ain't, ain't going to. Well, that's some. Um, you know what that is. I take that back. But. <laughs> oh, let me read. Yeah, Alfonso. I got the comment on the screen, guys, so y'all guys can read it. Y'all guys can read it. No, that's that's definitely uh yeah, no, Afonso. No, I, I see Afonso. I mean, I can't even say I disagree with you. That happens a lot. And um, you know, I don't know what it is, man. You, you know, it, but but this is the thing, Alfonso, that doesn't only happen in foul, that actually happens in so many other aspects of our lives. You know what I mean? You open up a business. The only time your friends come and do business with you, if you're giving them a discount, but they'll go right down the street or across town or buy it online for the same price that you were selling it for. But the only reason they'll buy the only way they'll buy from you is you, if you give them a discount that 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 goes across. That happens more in real life than it even happened in foul. So, no, Alfonso, I get where you're coming from a one thousand percent on that. But but again, like I say, that just doesn't happen in game foul. That happens in so many different aspects of life. Yep. So many different aspects. So no, you ain't ruffling no feathers because every single person reading that comment know what you're saying makes sense. I mean, know what you're saying is a reality. It's definitely reality. Yep. Um Brian said, after you have established your bloodline over a period of time, that line should all more or less be the same yeah and and brian on that brian said you know once you're breeding something over time it should be more or less be the same obviously that's what we've been talking about early in this conversation you know obviously a good breeder is definitely going to try to improve year over year over year but it should never go backwards it should never go backwards yep yeah and i'm just reading comments guys because there's so many comments coming in Yep. Yeah. Now, this is this is what Jesse said. Uh, breeding for years, in my opinion, a good hen is the key. Of course, you need a good rooster. 
Also, many think a, a good rooster is the key and not much. You know what, uh, Jess, you're exactly right. What a good breeder know is he knows the value of a good hen. That's what a good breeder knows. A good breeder knows the importance of a good hen. The only reason I think that is so much focus on a rooster versus the hen, because you can breed the rooster to multiple hens versus the other way around. So I think that's why in, the, in every sport, not just in fowl, in dogs, horses, all that, the, the male always have more value because he can be bred to multiple different hens. A hen, it shouldn't be, bred to more than one rooster at one time. So let's say on technical terms, she can only breed to one rooster at a time. You know, in reality, she, 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 she don't have to, but I'm just saying from a technical aspect of it, she can only be bred to one rooster at a time. With a rooster, he can be bred to 10 hens at a time. So I think that's the reason why, and not just in fowl, but in all these other sports, the males are valued more than the female. But true breeders understand the value of a good hen, for sure. Yep. Yes. Okay, well, Willie said, and, and I see this also with novice. Uh, 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 Willie said, I, I see people breed a pretty hen not knowing nothing about her or for color. Uh, lots will sacrifice performance for the coloration of a bird. That, that's exactly what a novice would do. A novice will definitely breed something based on looks. You know, don't know any history. Don't even know what he's even expecting to get out of it. Like, he has no expectation. He just want to breed it. Or the worst is just breed it just for the color. So that's exactly right. Yep. Yeah, Willie, that's right. And dogs is, yep, that's exactly right. Yep. That's right. Yeah, let's put this comment up. Sanchez said, and it's a good comment as well. Sanchez said that, that, that most of the beginners go for the cock because he can't show you his qualities in a pit and a hen you can't. That's, 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 that is also too true as well. And again, that's what a novice, a good breeder knows the value of a good hen and a good breeder want those hens from the brothers. I mean, from, yeah, want the hens from those, from those, from those roosters that did well. They want the hens, you know, like the sisters, the hatchmates to those, to those roosters that done well. Yep. Bo said uh, exactly right, and I agree for sure. He said here, firm believe it, not just bloodlines. The way the chicken is taken care of and fed from day one is also important. That's extremely important, and that's what Journey to the Pit 362 is all about. It's all about 362 days prior to the last three, prior to the last three. That's the reason why we focus on the first 362. We don't focus on the last three because everything – your, your results of anything, 
sits in the first 362. And guys that come and say, no, well, you can mess him up on the last three. Well, you know what? If you leave him alone, you can't even mess him up. They'll still do better. They'll still do better. And the whole concept is, is individuals taking these shortcuts, slacking throughout the year, and then wants to buy a book, a video, a DVD, a bottle of this, a bottle of that, two pills of this and two pills of that. And then all of a sudden, they think they should have a chance. You know what I mean? So we definitely don't promote that at all. We definitely don't promote that. We all about the 362 because everything about this sport, 99% of it happened during the 362. Not just with the chickens, but the relationships that you build, the experiences that you create, the places that you go, the people that you meet. It goes far beyond just the chickens. This all happens within the 362. This conversation now is doing the 362. It ain't the last three for nobody. But look at the conversation that we're having now. Happened during the 362. And that's what many guys just didn't get. Like, they just didn't get it. You know, and, and I think, you know, doing these live streams and, and constantly sharing this information is so important because it just reiterates this is all a part of the 362. Right? So that is what, you know, again, like Bo said, you know, you got to understand that it ain't just bloodlines. And that's what a novice don't understand. A novice would be the one that chickens are not well taken care of throughout the whole year. That'd be a novice. That'd be a novice. He'll be, he'll be missing worming. He'll miss worming. You know, he'll miss feed sometime. He'll miss water sometime. I'm telling you. That's a novice. And then when it come breeding season, he's online like, hey, why my chicken ain't laying eggs? You know what I mean? Why my hatch rate is so low? You can't. There is no shortcuts. I mean, these guys that are top breeders they, and people can judge them all they want. You can say they, they're peddlers, they sell them for money or da -da -da -da, all of that. You can say all of that. One thing you can't say is they're not working hard. Because when you go to places and they got a thousand, two thousand, and all those birds look good, do you literally think all it took was somebody to go out there and fling some feed and pour some water in some cups? It took a lot more than that for that to happen. A lot more than that for that to happen. So that's exactly going back to the comment. It ain't just the bloodline. A novice think it's just the blood. He think all he got to do is go buy good blood, and he's done. He's set. He don't put no importance on the water, the feed, the health care, the nutritional requirements based on his environment, keeping him from being sick. He ain't putting importance on none of that. He got the wingman. He got pictures of him and his famous breeder. And his Facebook is filled with pictures of spar videos and stuff like that. Yard look a mess. Birds are not healthy. And then when they don't perform, he say the bloodline or oh, that guy's birds were trash. That's another topic. That's right, Brian. Brian, Brian, you know, look. This is what, and guys understand, 
it's like Brian said, you can't get to the last three until you do the 362. It's just that simple. And I know somebody might be selling you something and say, hey, this is what you need to do during pointing. I'm not saying that stuff doesn't work. I don't even have an opinion on it. What I'm saying is, before you buy anything to focus on the last three, you need to make sure you've done your job during the first 362. That's all I'm saying. I need to get something. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's see here. Okay, okay, Brian. You say you disagree. Let's break this down. Every good breeder in his brood pen, he want good cocks and good hens. Let me repeat that. Every great breeder knows he has to have a good cock and a good hen in every brood pen. I have not met a good breeder, a good breeder that consistently produced above average birds that got a good cock and trash hens in his brood pen. I haven't met an experienced breeder that produced above average birds that got good hens and trash cocks in his brood pen. A good breeder understands you have to have good hens and good roosters in your brood pen, period. There's no, there's no one to the other. And I think that's what he was saying earlier about everybody put the emphasis on a cock, but he said that the hens, they, they forgetting about the hens. That was his point. He wasn't saying that the cock was no good or worthless. I don't think any good breeder believes that. Every good breeder understands that what goes in his brood pen has to be good. The hen and the cock has to be good. That's it. But we all know you have some hens and some cocks that produce above average even when they are bred to average. And then you got some cocks that if they bred to average, they'll be lucky to produce average. So, yeah, I mean, I, I maybe, maybe, uh, I don't I didn't want to assume that uh that somebody uh maybe I shouldn't assume that somebody already knew that. Of course, Brian. That's all about breeding. Brian says, have you ever crossed two proven bloodlines and gotten just average offspring? Exactly. I think everybody has. Well, I ain't gonna say everybody. A lot of, it, it has happened. Many, many that has happened thousands of times in this sport. And will continue to happen a thousand times in this sport. I'll give you one even better, Brian. You can cross two proven lines and get trash. Not average. I'm talking about straight trash. You can. You can cross two producing lines and get straight trash. You can take a good cop that you know produces because he has produced for you multiple times. Above average, you can take a hen that has produced what multiple different cocks above average and put that hen 
and that cock together, and they can produce trash. They can produce trash. So that that's what you know that 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 happens. That happen again. That happens all the time. That happens all the time. But again, it has to happen because that's where the experiments come from. See, Brian, that's what it. That's what experiments come from. That's why every great breeder that I have that I have visited and talked to, they all got experiment projects going on all of the time. Some of them work. Some of them don't work. The ones that work, you'll see and hear about. The ones that don't work, you never knew it was even going on. Just that simple. All great breeders got experiment projects going on. You know why? Because they understand you got to constantly keep getting better. They don't have that philosophy. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Now, what I mean by that, so nobody takes this out of context. When I say when it ain't broke, don't fix it, I don't really focus on believe. I ain't going to say I don't believe in that, but I don't focus on that due to the fact that I believe you should always try to get better. When you say, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, that means you stop. There's no more learning. There's no more improving. There's no more nothing. You're going to keep doing it the way you're doing it. There's nothing wrong with that. And again, what I'm saying is when I say don't broke, don't fix it, you got to constantly find better ways. I'm not saying you need to go outside on your farm and feed your, and, and, and feed your birds different every day or every week or every month. I'm not saying that. You know, if you're feeding, your birds are healthy and all that, keep, continue doing what you're doing. But, you know, always be looking for ways to improve. That's all, that's all I mean by that. But every great breeder, and, and, I, and, what, and what I mean by great, great in their own right. Great in their own right. They're able to produce above average birds very consistently, uniformly, and predictably. That's what I call a great breeder in their own right. So it don't matter. If you got 50 on a yard or you got 5,000 on a yard, you can still fit that criteria. So this way we can eliminate the guys chiming in some, oh, the big breeders, the big breeders, the big breeders, the big. I get so tired of hearing that nonsense. But yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, these comments is coming in so fast, guys. Give me a second. I'll put some more up on the screen. Devon, yeah, no, listen, brother. Big facts. Big names uh, and come up with high-quality trash. Yes, big names. You can breed two big names, foul together, come up with some trash, and you can put two no-name guys together and come up with trash. Trash don't just come from big names. Trash don't just come from big farms. I don't know how y'all guys came up with that concept. I really don't. First of all, big farms only make up about 5% of the sport. 95% of the farms probably have 400 birds or less on them. About 400 or less. 95% of the farms have about 400 birds or less. So the mass majority of the trash out in the market ain't coming from big farms. It's coming from guys who don't know how to breed, who's been telling those stories to themselves, lying to themselves, and just throwing stuff together. I see it all the time. 
especially they be showing it all on Facebook. That's how I see a lot of it, for sure. Um, okay, guys, give me a second. So I'm reading some of these comments. So I'll put some more up on the screen. Man, y'all guys got these comments coming in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course, Jesse. Jesse said, be honest, have every breeder came up with some trash at some point? Stop lying to yourself. <laughs> of course. Of course. Let me tell you another thing. And I think Jose is kind of talking about this. There's so many comments here. Yep. See, this is this is something again that a breeder understands. Scott says, "I crossed some a good uh, uh, Gilmore blood with some Claret hens once, and they turned out to be just average. They still won, but they were just nowhere near as good as they were being bred. You know what I mean? Gilmore over, over a yellow leg hen, and and the Clarets were 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 good, just pure, and that happens. But that's just all a result of what Scott was doing was just experiment." And, and guys, remember, every successful cross in the history has resulted from an experiment. That's why I keep always promoting, don't seek advice but never approval. It's your birds. It's your time. It's your money. Don't let nobody talk you out of trying something. Try it, but just keep it to yourself. Don't be all on Facebook sparring them and showing them it because you don't even know how they're going to turn out. And then if they do turn out good, now the challenge, that's when the challenge really comes in. Now, how long can you reproduce that? And if you can reproduce it, how long can you reproduce it? That's one of the things that the novice don't understand. As soon as they had that one blip of success, they want to tell the world. And the next thing you know, you never hear from them again. Yeah, you never hear from them again. Until years down the road. Year, and that'd be lucky if you ever do hear from them again. But it seems like from that point, they just participate. Right? So, Scott, that's a great comment. Yeah, we got a lot of great comments coming in. Good God Almighty. That's great, though. That's right, Colt. It's all everything is an experiment, guys. And I'm always gonna keep promoting to tell y'all guys keep on experimenting, keep on experimenting. Why? Because in my travels, I see some of the best birds came out of the experiment. And just because y'all guys are not hearing about them, don't mean they don't exist. That's another thing guys don't understand. You know, I think guys also don't understand that. It's a lot of things that goes on behind the scenes. That's the reason why you just can't go buy something because you've seen it perform well. 
And that's also the reason why you can't trash something because it didn't perform well. Because everybody has good days and everybody has bad days, right? And some guys, and I get this all the time. Hey, Jim, you've been all over the place. Who got the best this? Who got the best that? Who got the best this? To me, that's an unfair question. Not to me, but it's an unfair question to the people that I would be judging. Because everybody have good and bad days. You know, I have seen some guys who I know got excellent foul, and when I seen them, more than once, it didn't look good at all. But when I talk to numerous people, they have very, very good results at high levels of competition. You know what I'm saying? So if I had to judge based on what I seen, it's going to be a negative. But if I have to judge based on the feedback that I'm getting, it's going to be a positive. So that's when guys ask me, I don't do recommendations. Um, yeah, I don't do recommendations. And I don't be uh, grading no one's foul. You know, I, I don't grade anybody's foul. I just say, hey, that guy got, well, I put it this way. I don't grade it if it's negative. I don't have no problem saying what I seen, if it was good. But I don't want, and guys say, well, that's not fair because if you should feed the good and the bad. Well, you know what? You got a point. You got a point. But I don't really like to trash you know, I don't really like to say anything negative unless they're a scammer or they're a vulture. I'll, I'll call out vultures. But minus that, everybody can have a bad day. And shows, derbies are very difficult to win. Very difficult to win. So I don't really like to say, hey, you know, I don't like what I've seen. You know what I mean? I would rather that person find that out on his own. Now, I have seen a lot of great birds, and, you know, I'll hold back. I'll let you know, hey, that dude there, whoo, seen some great ones. But I try to just stay away from the negative aspect of it. You know what I mean? And I know that may not sound fair, but I'll leave the negative talk to somebody else. Okay, let's see what Donnie's saying. Yeah, Robert, I'm going to get to that comment, too. Okay. So Donnie said, uh, example of an experiment. Some of the best cocks I ever had in my hands were an experiment that was a four-way cross. Never let someone talk you out of it. Look how many bloods was in a Kelso when Kelso made them. Exactly. Guys, read that comment again on the screen. Read that comment again on the screen. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Stop letting people talk you out of stuff. Now, I'm not saying go out in the yard and just let everything loose and just start breeding everything. But if you think in your mind you have something that you want to create, gather the knowledge that you need, make the best selection possible based on what you have, and try to create it. So many individuals get talked out of trying to create foul in their yard. And they the ones feeding them. Try to create it. So Donnie said that's what he did. 
You know, then he talked about Mr. Kelso. Try to create it. Seek advice, never approval. You don't need nobody's approval. Try it. You just don't have to be all on social media talking all about it. That's all. Okay, Robert says, Robert says, brick breeders do 10 to 20 hens and one pen with the rooster. Great breeders, about three hens with the rooster. I guess, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you go to Puerto Rico, you ain't never going to see more than one hen in a pen with a rooster. There's a lot of great breeders on the island of Puerto Rico. You'll never see more than one hen. If you said three, they'd be looking at you crazy. Like three? Why would you put three hens in, a, in there with, a, with one rooster? And you don't even know who eggs belong to who. That's the same thing the guy is saying with the three. He putting three hens in there with his rooster. He looking at the guys with 20 saying, why would you put 20 roosters in there? With, with I mean, why would you put 20 hens in there with one rooster? <laughs> I say do whatever works. The guys who've been putting 10 in there, they got some good birds coming off their yard. They'll have some good birds coming out that pen. Who they'll belong to on the hen side, we don't know. We know who the daddy is, but we won't know who the, who, the hen, who the mama is. Also, too, how about this? We all have had this. How about them yard monkeys? that turned out to be some of the best birds you ever had. I seen this show, and this was a big show, and they won. And I was like, they like, dude, where you get those birds from? They're like, they're yard monkeys. I'm talking, this guy was fighting top-level competition with a whole show of yard monkeys. Just think about that. Just think about that. Yard monkeys. And it goes back to what we talked about. You know what? The next time we seen them, trash. Trash. <laughs> trash. The next time we seen them, the performance was pure, bona fide trash. Certified. He couldn't reproduce them things because he never produced them anyway. Nature produced them. And you know what's so crazy? That his yard monkeys was better than any roosters he ever had. If I was him, <laughs> I wouldn't even have brood pens anymore. I just had my hens laying out in the woods. Because it seemed like nature, not seen, not seen, but nature produced the best birds that man has ever had. And it was the most money he said they ever won. Change, change their whole life. Change their whole life. That one show changed their whole life. You see what I'm saying? So check this out. What was the problem there? The problem was, obviously, nature knew how to select better than him. See, sometimes as humans, we think we're smarter than nature, and we're not. Nature been around as long as this earth. Ain't not one civilization on this earth been around as long as this earth. But nature has. So what I'm saying is, 
is that should have told him that all his criteria for his selection process, he needed to throw them all in the trash. If his yard monkeys were the best birds that he ever had, then that should tell him, white, clean, start off with a fresh page. Throw every last one of your absolute beliefs in the trash and start off with new standards. Because obviously, you had the birds on your yard to produce better birds. You just didn't possess the skill set to create them. Think about that. Think about that. He had the birds on his yard. It's just that he didn't possess the skill set to create them. So nature did it for him. And those birds were phenomenal. So you know the crazy part about it is? He know who the hen is. He just don't know the cock. No, actually, I'm sorry. He doesn't know who the hen or the cock is. He doesn't know. But you know one thing he does know? They but they were they on his yard. He just don't know which ones they are. But they on his yard. That would drive me bonkers. That would literally drive me bonkers. If I had some yard monkeys produce and they performed the way his performed, and I could not figure out what birds they were on my yard. But if he's smart, he'll go back to the drawing board and, like I say, just eliminate, uh, just eliminate his uh, his uh, standards. <laughs> no, Devon, why would he kill the whole yard? The yard monkeys came from birds off of his yard, so obviously he got the ingredients there. The birds are there who produce those yard monkeys. So what he got to do is he got to find out. He'll never find out what birds produce them, but what he can do is he can change his selection process so he can start producing better birds. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I know, Robert. No, see, Devon, you got to understand, they would, they, it could have been, uh, it could have been out of uh, 50 hens, you know what I mean? All them birds running all over the place. All them cocks on tie cords. He can't figure that out. <laughs> he can't figure that out. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Man, y'all guys got some good comments coming in. Yep. Y'all got some great comments. <laughs> oh Lord, let me see here. Yeah, you know, uh, guys, like Jesse was saying right now, he likes single mate and keeping records and stuff like that and better calling. Um, yeah, and, and you're right. You know, people seen yard monkeys do just as good. I know I've seen them for a fact do just as good and sometimes even better. Um, but but like I say, guys, I you know. Uh, there's good and bad birds that come from every farm side. And we can't never just completely point the finger at one. First of all, you can't throw all big farms in the same bucket. That's the first thing. Because that'd be like throwing all small guys in the same bucket. 
you know, so you can't throw them all in the same bucket. But, you know, you just always got just got to keep in mind that forget about what the next man is doing. You know what I'm saying? Let's try to do the things that you think will put you in a better position to reach your goal. You know what I mean? And as novice go along, they have a tendency. Uh, first of all, at the beginning, they're vulnerable. And they believe whatever, you know, somebody tell them because they don't know anything. So they don't they don't know how to verify or, or verify if the information you're telling them is right or wrong. Right. So if they can't do that, a lot of a lot of times they tend to believe it. And I give you a prime example of one guy came into the sport on a topic and seemed very, very knowledgeable. But he was talking about a topic that I didn't know much about. And then once I started doing my research, I realized that he wasn't as good as I actually thought he was. Not saying he was bad, but I thought this dude was like top notch. But once I got more educated on a topic, I realized he wasn't as good as I thought. And I think that's the same thing that goes on with foul too. You know, as you get into it and you go deeper into it, you'll realize that some of the stuff that you were told at the beginning, it doesn't, doesn't meet the grade. It's low quality information. You know what I mean? It's low quality information. And you'll realize that's also too, as you get into the sport, you know, you make low quality decisions at the beginning. And as you go along, you make better high quality decisions. As you go along. So. Yeah. Man we got a ton of great comments. Yeah. And. You know Scott. That, that's I, I think you know. We talked about that earlier as well. You know I believe to me. A great breeder knows he has to have a good cock and a good hen. Right? That's it's just that simple. I know, you know, that's the way, what I believe. I think the hen is just important as the cock. And I understand the thing with the cock, I can breed them to more than one hen. But the, as far as the quality, the, the hen has to be just as good as the cock. Got to be high quality. Got to be able to produce. Breeder to more than one different cock to see what she's producing, you know, that, that kind of give you an idea too, is what she can produce when you bring her to more than one different cock over the, you know, not one season, but you know, over breeding seasons. So, um, yep, TJ, that's exactly right. But guys, I think, uh, we went over some really, really good stuff. We had a ton uh, of great comments. Um, <laughs> we had some funny stuff to laugh at as well. We had some funny stuff to laugh at as well. Yeah. So, yeah, guys. I mean, I think tonight was another good night. What time is it? Yeah. We're on an hour, 36 minutes. I told y'all, guys, we can be on this darn live stream forever, man. <laughs> <sighs> yep. Let me put this on here with Ike. I think this is a very good uh uh this is a Ike said that uh, a good breeder can look at one of his birds and just about tell you what 
they are and maybe even what they're out of without checking the mark sheet. Yep. A good breeder is going to know his chickens. Ike, you're exactly right. You are exactly right. And, and again, and, and, and I know you're right because I have seen it so many times. I have been on farms where they have over a thousand. I'll be like, what's this? They'll be to tell me. Oh, that's that right there. What's this? Or oh, that's one of those. What's that? Or oh, that's, that's this. They knew it. They didn't have to. Now, some of them had to pick up the toe marks just to fact, just to verify what they were saying. They'd be like, oh, yeah, that's that. Hold on. Let me check and make sure. But I know this is what it is. Check it. Yeah, I was right. This one, all right. What's that? Tell me. Okay, check it. Thanks. Yep, I was right. So that just showed me that he knew what, he, what it was. He knew what they were. Um, and that's what separates a novice. Like we were saying earlier in the conversation, I was saying you go to somebody, a novice's yard, one year it looks like this. On year four, the birds look completely different. Like you can't even, you don't even know. You will even know that those birds four seasons down the road came out that original trio. You won't even know because they don't know what they're doing. They do not know what they're doing. And this doesn't only happen in fowl. It happens in all other animal sports as well. Breeding for color. Breeding for these, breeding for, you know, colors and shapes and stuff like that. And, you know, all different kinds of things. But, yeah, it's the same thing. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, Brian said he loved those yard monkeys. Yep. TJ, you came in late, brother. We already an hour and 33 minutes in. But the great thing about it, you'll be able to watch the whole thing live stream. Um, once we finish it, you'll be able to watch it from the beginning. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. You're exactly right, TJ. It's great. And that's the thing that I like about these live streams is the comment section. It's not about me. It's the comment section. I'm just starting the conversation. And I'm and I'm like, I'm like the um, what you call that person when there's a debate? What they call them? Oh, I don't know the name. When they got the guy, the two people up there debating, and there's the one person there asking out the questions. Post in the comment section. You know the guy I'm talking. I mean, you know what that person is is is, is not a narrator. It's the uh, not a facilitator. It's something else. Well, anyway, y'all guys know what I'm talking about. So yeah, I'm just starting a conversation and keeping them going. Yeah, you can. It could be what well, a mediator. Yeah, it could be the mediator. It's like doing it. It's like doing a president. No, it's not really a mediator. No, because it's like the presidential debates. The person that is hosting that is not called a mediator. What is he called? I forget. I forget. I forget. I forget. I could be wrong, but I don't think it's mediator, but I could be wrong. But anyway, guys, that is the moderator. That's what it is, the moderator. Yeah, it's not the mediator. It's the moderator. Right. Thank you, Donnie French. That's exactly the moderator. I knew I had. I just couldn't think what it was. The moderator. So I'm just a, mo <laughs> I'm just a moderator of, of these conversations. And I just throw my little two cents in wherever there's a little blank. I just add a little extra. But... You know, these live stream discussions is all about creating a positive environment to learn. It's all about each one, teach one. Each one, teach one. Not no masters, 
not one guy with all the answers. Not I ate nachos at the Bayou Club and I won at Mid America and I'm blah 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 blah. It's all about us learning from each other because we all can learn from each other. It's something that we can all learn from each other because we in different situations, different environments, access to different resources, different upbringings, different experience levels, different exposure. So it creates an opportunity, a wonderful opportunity for us all to each one teach one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things as well that I see that novice does that, you know, that, that great breeders don't do. A novice will contaminate his original blood, his original stock. A good breeder will never contaminate his original stock. Now, he will contaminate stuff off of that original stock by experimenting with it, crossing it with this, crossing with that, inbreeding this, outcross this, you know, line breed, all, all that. But he won't ever contaminate his original stock. Novice breeders will contaminate their original stock. They will do an experiment with their original stock and then lose the original stock. And then they'll never be able to go back to zero because the original stock has been contaminated. Great breeders contaminate what their original stock produces. Listen to what I said. Great breeders will contaminate the stock, what his original stock produces. He don't contaminate his original stock. Novice will contaminate everything on his yard. He will cross everything on his yard. There's nothing off limits. So that is a big thing that I see between novice breeders and great breeders. Yep. I don't know, but Scott, that is that we're we going to start getting off a topic. We can kind of make that a topic because we'll kind of get off topic if we start talking about particular lines and bloodlines and breeders and all that kind of stuff. So, guys, listen, we've been on here an hour and 40 minutes. I enjoyed hanging out with y'all guys, but I think I gave you an hour and 40 minutes of great entertainment, great education. Um, and some of y'all guys, I know y'all phones done die. Y'all can't stay on here that long. Uh, anyway, um, let's uh, post in the comments if you got another topic that you would like to talk about. I don't know when I'll do the next live stream, but I'll let y'all guys know I'll post it. Um, actually, I am going to do another live stream. I'm going to do another live stream tomorrow. It is not going to be at 9. It's going to have to be in the day because I have something to do tomorrow evening. I'm going to do another live stream. How about Saturday? I'll do the live stream on Saturday. I'm going to do a live stream on Saturday because I want to talk to y'all guys about some other platform stuff, and I need y'all guys' feedback. So that would be on Saturday, um, this coming Saturday. But in the meantime, post in the comment section a topic that you would like for me to talk about. And if I pick it, we'll talk about it. And then we'll fill this uh, comment box up with a bunch of opportunities for each one to teach one. Other than that, guys, y'all have a great night. Stay focused. Stay positive, and we'll all stay blessed, and I'll talk to you all guys soon. Remember, 
post in the comment section a topic that you would like for us to talk about. Uh, see y'all guys later.